Bibliotherapy with State Library Victoria is a unique podcast series that offers you respite and comfort via the healing power of great stories. This series is brought to you by bibliotherapist Dr Susan McLean and State Library Victoria. Hello, welcome. I'm so glad you could join me for another episode of Bibliotherapy with State Library Victoria. Coming up, I'll share a story, Dance of the Las Corponis. Bibliotherapy with State Library Victoria is a collection of all sorts of poems and stories read aloud to offer comfort and a way to dwell more deeply with our experiences. My name is Susan McLean, and over many years I've studied, written about, spoken about, and run bibliotherapy groups to support people through life's challenges and the experiences of being human. As part of Series 2, I have selected stories and poems to help you have conversations with your inner self. Some of you may not want to have a conversation with yourself and may just want to relax and listen to the story. And luckily, that is a choice that you and you alone get to make. And I will offer some questions to ponder. You may want to stop the podcast while you consider them, or you may wish to let them slowly percolate during the week. The story is called Dance of the Lascaux Ponies, written by Cheryl Gwytha and published in Touchdown magazine. In these podcasts, I'll be reading slowly, savouring each word and providing space between the words. After the end of the story, I'll stop for a short pause to allow us to dwell quietly for a moment in the space the words and images create. You can control how long you pause. So, relax, settle back and let yourself listen. Thousands of years ago, deep within the Lascaux Caves of France, a young boy must complete a life-changing challenge. Success will ensure Rowan becomes the tribe's new mark maker. Failure will mean he is banished from his family and his tribe forever. Rowan pulls his fur cloak over his shoulders and follows the elder down into the chilly darkness. Their torches burn brightly, wavering across the knobbly limestone walls of the cave. The bag of painting tools thumps against Rowan's hip, a constant reminder of his perilous task ahead. This is the passage of the aurochs, the elder murmurs. It's your father's work. He lifts the flame high. Rowan averts his eyes but can't resist looking. The huge black-horned creatures painted across the rock, seemed to move in the passing light. His father's clever mark-making and his perfect choice of pigments 
were not enough to prevent his hunting death on sharp horns such as these. Rowan hurries after the elders' flame, through the grottos they walk. Past the cave of the wolves and the bison, along the dead man wall, through the cave of the cats and ibex, into the final cavern. This is the place where you will paint, the elder waves his hand at a bare space on the rock. May the spirits work through you like they did for your father. Without a mark maker to call animals to our spears, the tribe is doomed. He gazes at Rowan. In the flame's light, the elder's brow furrows with a warning. If you do not have your father's gift with the coloured ochres, your life is worthless to us. The elder pulls a small stone lamp from his bag. He fills it with animal fat, lights its wick and sets it on the cavern floor. When the flame diminishes to nothing, I will return. He places Rowan's torch in a hole in the wall nearby. Then he is gone. Rowan stares across the silent cave. Other animals wander around the walls, frozen on the rock face. And in the flame's light, the paintings come alive. To his right, a group of stags cross a river, their eyes wide with fear. Nearby, a wolf prowls, its teeth barred. Rowan breathes deeply, then sets out his father's painting tools on the ground. Twigs with squashed ends, clumps of moss, tiny leather bags of ground pigments, yellows, whites, pinks, violet ochres, reds and charcoal black, and a bag of water. What can he paint? He has no knowledge of the wild creatures of the hunt like his father did and all his ancestors before him. Rowan has only watched his father paint to call up the spirits of the hunt, not taken part himself. How does one call up the spirits of animals? He knows no animals, except for the tribe's cows in their pens and his wild pony, Lasco. The lamp dips lower. His pony, Lasco. Pretty she is and how she dances and prances as she carries him across the grassland. In his mind, Rowan sees the pony's tail flying, feels the curves of her muscles, her sinews and bones feels the rush of air in his face and the earthy smell of Lasco's body. He begins to paint, forgetting the shrinking light, forgetting the chilled air, forgetting the hunger pain in his belly. 
Lasko's image grows on the wall. Yellow ochre, black shadows and mane, her underbelly, using the pale white bulge of the rock to paint her bulk. She was full of dancing joy and life. Then Rowan begins to work on a second pony, Lasko's brother. Broad strokes for his head, ears laid back with the thrill of the race, broad swathes of brown ochre rubbed across his haunches, front leg outstretched as he gallops. Rowan stands back, suddenly aware the lamp's flame is out. Behind him the elder and all the tribe are gathered. They stare at the rock in silence. Nobody paints ponies. The elder's voice is angry. Why did you choose them? Rowan trembles with dread. Then his voice grows stronger. I see them. I feel their bodies. I smell and hear them in my head and in my heart. The elder nods slowly. That is all you need, Rowan. You are your father's son. Welcome to the tribe, Mark Maker. In a flickering light, deep inside the limestone cave, two ponies dance across the rock forever. While listening to the story, Dance of the Lasko Ponies, I wonder if you could relate in any way to the challenge Rowan was experiencing. If he didn't meet the elders' expectations, he would be banished from his family and tribe forever. Could you picture the bag of painting tools thumping against Rowan's hip as he followed the elder to the cave? and perhaps imagine how his heart must have been pounding. Did you ponder on how Rowan must have felt when the elder said, if you do not have your father's gift with the coloured ochre, your life is worthless to us? Rowan did not know what wild creatures he was expected to paint on the walls of the cave. So Rowan had to call on something that touched him very deeply. Something he may have been unable to explain in words. And he found his voice came through full of dancing joy and life. Did you consider how Rowan must have felt when the elders stared at the rock in silence? Then said to Rowan in an angry voice, Nobody paints ponies. Why did you choose them? Rowan's strength came from deep within. I see them. I feel their bodies. I smell and hear them in my head and in my heart. And his trust in this deep feeling guides him and gives him the strength to know 
that no one else can tell us how to do it when we are doing what comes naturally and creating out of our own uniqueness, when we are being our authentic self. I want to share a few lines written by the Italian writer Elena Ferre from her book The Lying Life of Adults. She writes of a conversation where Roberto asks Giovanna, Do you like poetry? Yes. Do you read it? When I can. Poetry is made up of words, exactly like the conversation we're having. If the poet takes out the banial words and frees them from the bounds of our talk, you'd see from within their banality they manifest unexpected energy. God manifests himself in the same way. The poet isn't God. He's simply someone like us who knows how to create poems. But that creation opened your eyes, amazes you. When the poet is good, yes. And it surprises you, gives you a jolt. Have you ever felt this jolt Roberto talks to Giovanna of? The jolt of seeing things in a new or positive way. One that helps open your eyes to new perspectives around your challenges. I'm going to talk a little about what happens in our bodies when we let others' expectations define our idea of success and failure. Emotions are energy and we can feel this emotional energy through an internal experience of an upward or downward spiral effect. Take note to feel if you spiral upwards or downwards when you worry about meeting others' expectations or if you feel something you have done or created is not good enough to meet their expectations. For example, creating a picture not to correct scale. Take note to feel your emotional energy spiral upwards or downwards when you are in the flow of creating something or being in a creative moment. For example, creating an artwork or being fully absorbed in contemplating something artistic or nature. Take the time to reconnect with your body and listen to what your body is telling you. It can change your life. You don't have to say yes to other people's ideas of what they think you should do or be. Learn to listen to what your body is telling you and trust your individual uniqueness that tells you, if you take the time to listen, exactly what you need in order to replenish your emotional energy. And it is different for each and every one of us. And what a release it is to know we only have to do what comes naturally to us and create out of our own uniqueness. The picture book, Ish, conveys a powerful message that creating from our own uniqueness is a thing of great worth that is far more valuable than getting things correct. This simple story told by Peter Reynolds in the form of a fable, 
may be something you would like to read yourself or read to a child or another person you care about. I look forward to talking to you next time when we think about being our true selves. If you would like to get in touch, you can send an email to inquiries at slv.vic.gov.au. Join Dr. Susan McLean next Monday for another episode of Bibliotherapy with State Library Victoria. For more information about the series, head to www.slv.vic.gov.au forward slash bibliotherapy.